0: Welcome to the Homefront Podcast. I am your host, Tori McQueen. I'm a realtor, an entrepreneur, a mom of five, and a bold dreamer, always on a mission to turn nothing into something. Have you ever wondered how all these other entrepreneurs do it all? Can they actually have a successful and thriving business while also having a happy home life? Here, we dig into the real stories from how to run a biz and a home life how to scale and grow alongside managing parenting and relationships without sacrificing your home life or happiness. After all, isn't that what matters most? Let's get to it. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. And today's going to be a fun one because we all know that life can get a little bit messy, especially when you Add more kids and add more employees, and you're just trying to do it all. And what's funny is we just keep taking on more things, but expecting better results, and that's just not what happens unless you learn to do it right. So today I'm excited to bring on Kimberly Tara. She is a wife, a mom of four little kids, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. She is a CPA and certified tax coach who started her tax practice just six years ago. Kimberly focuses on profit and tax strategy for females and small business owners, and she also is the host of the Messy Wonderful podcast and blog, which focuses on motherhood, money, and business. She's passionate about educating female business owners as well as young children on all things tax, finance, and entrepreneurship. Kimberly is all about finding the balance to live your best life and be successful at what matters most. And guys, that means what matters most to you. So before we dive in on this episode, I want you guys to have an open mind and really, really soak this in because I wish I learned this lesson way sooner on. But anyways, before I chatter too much, let's give it up for Kimberly Tara. Hey, Kimberly. I'm so excited you're here.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I think this is going to be a good one today.
0: Oh, yes. Okay. So... Obviously, this is the first time we're chatting, but the reason I'm so excited to chat with you is because I hear that you just had your fourth baby and in listening to your podcast, I kind of learned that you are all about talking about the messy middle, which I think we're kind of in that same phase
1: of life. So I've got tons of questions for you. Awesome. Yes, we just had our fourth baby. So we have three boys and a little girl. And, you know, most people are like, oh, you got your girl, but we would have been happy with a boy. We do gender surprises. But yes, we are ecstatic to have this little girl. She is five months and she is spoiled. I'm sure you completely understand that. Uh,
0: I can completely understand. I have four boys and she is my girl. So I get you right there. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Well, why don't you tell everybody A little bit about who
1: you are, where, like where you started and where you're at now. Sure. Yeah. So I am a profit and tax strategist for female service providers. That is what I call my day job. And I have a CPA license. I am a certified tax coach. And I I really, really love what I do. I, I really love working. I also really loved my kids and knew that I always wanted to be a mom. And I was actually a chemical engineering major before I switched to accounting in college. And looking back, it was a blessing in disguise because I thought my life was falling apart when I switched from engineering to accounting as a junior in college. But my career now has given me so much more flexibility to embrace motherhood, which is such just an important part of my life. So I actually, so I did the whole public accounting thing. That's what most accountants, CPAs do when they graduate. They go work in public accounting. It's grueling hours. And I really enjoyed my time in corporate. I learned a lot, but I have been in business for myself for six and a half years now. And I truly feel like I get the best of both worlds with Having that professional fulfillment that I get in helping my clients, working directly with my clients, but also being flexible to be there for the Christmas parties at school and the fair dance practices and all of the little things that come with having little kids. Um, I did not plan to start my business and start my family at the same time. Little did I know, I was 12 weeks pregnant when I started my practice. We were not, it just, you know, it's funny how things work out and it's, it's been fine. So I have a six and a half year old business and our oldest child just turned six. So we have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, a two-year-old and a five-month-old. So that has pretty much been life lately. So you've pretty much been growing it at the exact same time. We, yeah, I kind of use that sometimes. I'm like, we've been grow. I've been growing a business and growing a family simultaneously. Yes. Yes. And you know what? You kind of
0: hit the nail on the head with the flexibility, you know, it is your baby, right? So like you have to be with clients. And when you own your business, yes, you have flexibility, but if you're trying to offer a quality service, especially service based, you still needed by your clients. And they can't necessarily feel that you have other things that are a higher priority, even though of course family is like number one. But the way you build your business is impacted by that in some way so it's interesting gosh i have so many questions i'm like start this okay so you started your business Mm -hmm. right and your family at the same time so what was going through your head at that point did you have any partners did you have any employees did you invest
1: money going into it no 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 and no And that is what led to, that is what led to burnout. So right in the first 12 months, so I hit six figures within the first 12 months of having my practice, but I also hit burnout in those first 12 months, right? So looking back, most people are like, oh, that's amazing. You hit six figures. And I think we see so much on social media about that elusive six figure mark, right? I'm, I'm not... Yeah. It, it. Everyone wants to make a hundred grand,
0: you know, or six figures right out the gate. And You're like, but first of all, at the what cost? People, you know, 100 grand. And then what at what sacrifice and like why? Right. Yeah. Anyways, keep going.
1: Yeah. So, so that was great. Right. But I was completely burnt out. So that was, so I guess that was the first rolling 12 months of my practice. And then I guess it was 18 months after starting my business. We were unbeknownst to me pregnant with our second child. And I I was really, I was really just burnt out and something had to change because I really did want to keep making, you know, the money that I was making, but it wasn't what I envisioned, right? It wasn't giving me as much flexibility as what I was hoping for in being a business owner. And having my own business, that was part of wanting to have my own business was having this flexibility to be able to put my kids first and create yourself a job. Exactly. And I mean, and and look, I believe in the beginning that everybody has to work hard, right? Like there's, there's a season, there's seasons that we go through and life is cyclical and business is cyclical. And, you know, anybody who tells you that their business is running on autopilot and they're not doing anything, they're not being honest with you because one, they are doing something. And two, there was a season at the start of their business where they were doing a lot, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, what's funny about like social media and stuff too, is that people that, oh my gosh, they just did this overnight. And you're like, no, it took them five years to even get notice, you know? Yes,
1: exactly. So That is when I actually became a certified tax coach. And through my licensure as a certified tax coach, they they short sort of changed my mindset into value-based pricing for all of the knowledge that I was sharing and the help that I was providing to my clients versus like hourly rates or minimum fees and things like that. And it really changed my perception and I'll be honest, I was doing all of the things, right? I was doing a little bit of bookkeeping, a little bit of consulting, a little bit of tax planning, a little bit of tax prep, a little bit of CFO. I was, I was doing all of these things and it was it was pulling me in a million different directions with 20 different clients that I I just have such high standards that I was giving these clients so much for what they were paying me for and, and what I was doing. And so when I let Go of doing the bookkeeping and the consulting and the CFO and the generic accounting and really just honed in on the tax planning and the tax preparation, the tax compliance side, that was when my business took off. And when I say took off, for me, that meant I kept my gross revenue where it was and significantly decreased my time, my burnout, my energy that I was having to put into the business. Right. And how right. did you find that out? That that was like
0: your niche? Because they, they always say to niche down, right? And and it's so yeah. hard because you're
1: like, well, but I serve this person and I serve this person and it all depends, right? But right. And wait, you're worried oh my, if you say oh my, no, oh my, right? Yeah. Like you're worried if you say no, that the money's going to dry up. Right. So what was that moment where you're like, oh, this is what
0: I actually need to go for?
1: You know, I think it was an intersection of something that I really enjoyed, the challenge of it. I, I was, I'm gonna be honest, I was I was getting a little bit bored by the bookkeeping and just the tax preparation because that's more of a historical recreation. And and I wanna stop right here and say that I I work hand in hand with a lot of bookkeepers. They are amazing people, they do a very important they have a very important role for business owners and i i am not i am not knocking that or saying that you should not have a bookkeeper i'm saying it wasn't for me but but i i really honor, trust, appreciate the things that bookkeepers do. It just wasn't what Kimberly enjoyed doing. And a lot of the bookkeepers that I work with, they're like, I don't want to touch tax, right? (laughs) Like a lot of people don't want to touch tax. So I I just, I want to put that out there that, that just because I don't want to do it doesn't mean that I don't think that it is a critical component to business owners and that bookkeepers are not a vital professional advisor that all business owners should have. But for me, I really loved the challenge and the customization of a tax plan a the unique side, tax plan
0: the strategic good yes, and, and that's what your degree yes, is, right. covers right because bookkeepers don't even have to
1: be yeah. yeah so some bookkeepers are like accountants have accounting degrees not all of them do i'm licensed as a cpa and so cpas might be auditors they might be controllers they might be bookkeepers they might be be just tax preparation, right? There are a lot of tax professionals out there who do tax preparation, but they don't actually do the advanced tax planning ahead of time. So, you know, saying CPA or saying accountant can mean so many different things. And you could do a whole episode just, just on that. But the other thing, Tori, was that my clients, business owners, they want tax planning because it saves nice. them money. No one wants to actually pay for tax preparation because it's like, and we all have kids, right? So like when you tell your four-year-old that they have to do something, they instantly don't want to do it because you told them right. that they have to do it. Right. But if you, idea. like that's always oh, like my best, like the best way that I could explain it, right? Like using a toddler uh, or a young child. But tax planning, when when I, can tell a client that I can save them $80,000 a year for the next five years. And we start talking about all of the things that that $80,000 means for them, whether that's I've had a client pay off the mortgage on their home. I've had a client reinvest into the business and they were able to triple their revenues the next year. I've had a client be able to fund their three kids' college tuition. That's meaningful. That's impactful, right? That's more than just filing a tax return because the U.S. says that you have to. And so honestly, it was the intersection of bringing my clients something that they could really see the value in and something that I loved the challenge of. And uh, since 2018, I have just never, I haven't looked back on the tax planning side. That's so
0: awesome. And you're right. I mean, nobody loves tax season. And for me, it's like, okay, at the end, towards the end of the year, I check in with my CPA and I'm like, okay, okay. Here's the estimate numbers. Like, what can I do in the next three months to yep. prepare for, you know? And then it, it it's always kind of the struggle of like, they're burnt out from the previous tax season. And then they kind of want to talk about it, but still don't fully understand like the strategy or, or only tell you, like, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Exactly. So I don't necessarily what questions to ask if they don't ask like, okay, are you planning on to have another baby? Are you planning to move across state? Are you planning to exit from your business and start a new one? I mean, all yeah. these questions I think are important as you get into that, but it's so awesome that you do that. And and you, do you mostly focus on like smaller business
1: so I typically, I tell people that in order to work with me, you definitely need to be making over six figures because you're not going to feel the pain of high taxes until you start getting to that. But I primarily partner with multi six-figure and seven and eight-figure business owners. That's, that's who I work with. I, I primarily work with female service providers. I do have male clients and that's, you know, that... As long as as they're respectful, we have no issues. And all of my male clients are are wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, and. You know, like you said, you talk to your CPA towards the end of the year. We don't do that. All of our clients they meet with us monthly because we need that ongoing relationship. And I say they meet with us monthly. Some clients meet with us monthly. Some clients meet with us quarterly, depending on the size of their business. If they're closer to that two to three hundred mark, we're probably just having a quarterly check in. If you're starting to get to that five to six hundred thousand dollar revenue mark, we're having a monthly meeting because yes, I need to know all of those things. What is what is your goal with this business? What what are we? Looking looking at what, and in the earlier in the year that we know what's coming down the pipeline, the more that we can do, the more proactive we can be. We can talk about what are, how, how do we turn travel deductions into business deductions, right? How, how do we marry that? How are we proactive to save you money on your taxes? And so I just, I work with my clients pretty much year round. I I don't have very many that I only talk to once a year. I I kind of don't believe in that. I really believe we we really, we're partners with our clients. And you're a business owner, so you're going to understand this. But nobody really cares about your business as much as you do. Like you like you said at the beginning of this, our businesses are essentially another baby of ours, right? Whether you started your business before having kids or after, they they are essentially another child of yours. And you know, I just. No one's going to care about it as much as you do, but we are a very close second to how much we care about the success, the growth of your business. Like we are here to be your partner, to link arms with you because so many people are scared of the numbers, scared of taxes. And we're just here to remove all of that yuckiness, the yucky feelings, and the mindset that people have around numbers and taxes so that you can focus on what you do best, but also be aware and understand what the impact that tax planning can have for you and having a good relationship right. with your CPA. Oh, yes.
0: I think that's super, super important. And underlooked. underlook. I think it's under. It is. And also, I feel like people need people like you in their corner as they grow and scale. Right. And like you mentioned, I kind of want to go back to this. You mentioned like the different seasons in your business and how you grow it and how you scale it. And I'm sure from an accounting perspective and CPA perspective, you see where business owners hit a ceiling, drop down just to break through the barriers. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like if that's even true or if I'm just completely off, (laughs) but I feel like every time you try to like break that next ceiling from the 250000 range into the $600,000 range. Like you're breaking another ceiling. And sometimes that takes, you know, taking two steps back to move one step forward. And can you just explain that real quick?
1: Yeah. One, I love, I love that question. No one's ever asked me that question and I love it. So one big thing that, that comes to mind and most of the People out there on social media are not going to tell you this part because it's an ugly part of business ownership. But a lot of times, yeah. But like we're here to talk about the real and the raw, right? Like let's like let's call it out for what it is. When you are typically trying to make a jump to that next level, that looks like you doing one of two things, maybe both. You are either working a heck of a lot more because you need to bring in new clients, right, to grow your revenue, Mm -hmm. or You need to take a pay cut because you need to bring someone in to help you with those new clients, customers, whatever it is. Like The whole reason, you have to bring money in the door. And for most people, there are a couple of industries that this precludes. But for the most part, that means more customers or clients in the door to grow that revenue number, right? Yes. Okay. So then you need help because maybe you've gone from 20 clients. To fifty clients, well, you can't serve fifty clients, <laughs> right? At least not well. Yeah, at least not well, and at least not while well, keeping your sanity. I know I've tried; It doesn't work, right? So, in the interim, right, while while you're bringing in new clients, but you also need new help. You probably need to bring some help on. So, you need to be willing, put it in the short term, to take a small pay cut to pay that person to keep growing. Right. And that's something that's, that's a prime example that I feel like people don't talk about. They don't. So then, so then people don't think it's okay to do right. Like like right. you said, there are seasons and it's okay if you say, I'm working a little bit more. Man, I was only, I was enjoying working 20 hours a week. But right now, this season of business, I need to work right. 40 hours a week because I have new clients coming in. Or, wow, I'm going to have to take a 30% pay cut because I need to bring someone in to help me and to manage this. But it's only temporary, right? Because as that person helps me, then I can be out there bringing in new clients and customers doing the things that only I can do. And I'm going to recoup and get back to where I was and more. So that's a huge part that I think people don't talk about when we're talking about going from you know 50,000 to 250,000 a year from 250,000 a year to 600,000 a year from 600,000 to a million like you said you do you have to take two small steps backwards to take a big giant step forward
0: yes and i think a lot of my peers like that i see and i talk to tons of business owners and i think what i see too is where they go from that solopreneur to actually owning a business because there is yes. a difference there and i think It's hard for people to fully understand, like you can't and you won't do all this by yourself. And if you try to, you are not going to grow or you may hit that burnout, but but no one wants to talk about that. No one wants to talk about, okay, well, when you hire someone, and this is something I learned firsthand, right? When you hire someone, okay, that they still have to learn what you need them to learn and you have to know what you need to help with. And that's a whole nother learning process.
1: So that's a whole different ballgame.
0: Those are just, you know, parts of the messy middle that people don't like to talk about. But yeah, I was just curious about that from your perspective. Like when you see people's, because you actually see behind the curtain, I right? Do. When you, you see like, okay, all these big people on social media look like, you know, yeah, they're six, seven, eight figure businesses, but what's their neck? Like what's their, what is, right? I talk what? about that all the time. So interesting because... You know, my husband and I joke about this sometimes. We're like, okay, well, does, okay, so profit's important, but is profit more important than your happiness? Or what is the profit for? But what if you have a business where you can pretty much live the lifestyle you want under your business to where the profit doesn't fully matter because it's all wrapped up in your business? And I know some people may not understand what I'm talking about and you're nodding your head like you do. But it's like, what if all of the travel, all of the play, all of the things that you enjoy in life are actually a part of your business that gets wrapped in as an expense because that's just how strategic you can be with your business. So the profit at the end of the day isn't necessarily you're
1: paying for your lifestyle, right? The business
0: kind of is. Right. And, And you... It's easy.
1: You need to make sure you're following all the IRS rules around that. Let me make no. sure I put that caveat in there. It has to be a no. bona fide no. business. Yes, but yes. I love what you touched on because I've I've seen it with my own two eyes. These seven figure right there touting out there. I'm a seven figure business owner, and do you know what I recently learned? I'm interested to know if you if you've heard this. People are claiming, and I'm going to say claiming and alleging. I'm going to use those words. You can see I'm like getting in my seat. I'm oh, like, this I'm like, like you're leaning forward and you're ready. I'm to fired. Go. I get fired up about this, and I just found this out. People are saying that they are seven-figure business owners by aggregating or or rising, adding up, summing all of their gross revenue numbers over the course of their business. So if they right. make $200,000 a year, in five years, they say, I have a seven-figure business. Okay. What the what? I'm going to keep this G-rate. Well, and will sing, and I'll keep, you know, vocabularies
0: are changing these days. And maybe <laughs> that's part of it. I'm, okay, I should not joke about that. But I'm just saying, like,
1: gosh, people are lying to themselves. And they're lying to their customers. That is not a seven-figure business. A seven-figure no. business is when your business brings in gross revenues of one million dollars or more in a single year, a calendar year, a fiscal year, whatever you go by, in one filing period. However, you, I want to see your tax returns. They don't market that they're a seven figure and then they come be your client and you're just looking at their, you're like, I'm yeah. oh. And then to make it worse, Tori, they aren't keeping. So then we talk about the profits, right? So we have gross revenue, yeah. but then we need to talk about the profits because I honestly don't care if you are making a million dollars, but you're only keeping 10% of it. If you're only keeping 10%, that means you're doing a lot of work for $100,000 a year. Whereas if you're someone I'm, who's yeah. making $600,000 a year, but you have a 40% profit margin, that means you're keeping close to 250,000, probably with a lot less headache, right?
0: Yeah. And that's that's huge too. That's very huge. And I'm in real estate, so this is very interesting for me because in our world, money can be split a lot of different ways when you mm-hmm. go to, you know, help a client sell their house. Right. You, there's a lot of hands in the pot if you, if you do it that way. And the margins can be good depending on how you split it. Right. And it's like, okay, you can have your own brokerage and do all that and then split 50 50 with somebody, but you have all the advertising, you have all the marketing, you have all of the overhead and, you know, you're spending that time. So, and whereas another person who works it isn't doing that. So the margins on that are very interesting when you get down to it. And so, I think that's something that's underlooked too, or like the margins of of
1: each business, and and right. it's not- and that's why you have to know your numbers, right? That's why it's you have to know your numbers so that you can be looking at those things. If if you only look at your numbers one time a year to get them ready for your tax professional you've missed 12 months of opportunity to make strategic decisions for your business to change things that aren't going well or implement something new. You've missed 12 months of being able to do that. Yes.
0: And you say you work with people who make at least six figures. Is that the point where you think you can be the most creative? Like up until then, you can't really be as creative, right? Because you're, it's more basic. There's not. It is. It is. Yeah. So
1: it's a couple of things. It's it doesn't give us wiggle room for creativity. There's usually not as much cash flow. Some some tax planning, you know, some strategies take some cash flow and and some uh, flexibility for movement. And the other thing, too, is usually somebody who's making less than that by the time they they take some deductions and they're just not feeling they're not paying enough in taxes to pay the, the to make the investment in yeah. tax planning. Because there is a cost, So asso- you know, there's a cost right. associated with it. And I don't usually use the word cost. I call it an investment because, you know, what you're investing to work with a tax strategist should be less than what your savings are, okay. right? But nonetheless, yeah. you have that investment. And so I just feel like you're not, you're not going to appreciate the work that we do enough because you're not feeling the, the pain. You don't have enough to, to play around with. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, now let's
0: shift a little bit because I like to talk about how you can grow a business and have a home life and how you even go about doing all that. Now, the reason I started the podcast is because everyone always asked me, like, how do you do it all? How do you have five kids? Yep. How do you... Go to all the games. How do you take all your children to all the things and all the parties and volunteer in the classroom while also, you know, having, growing your business and showing up and all of that.
1: And, you know, my response is always like, I don't know. I just, you know, do. That's the honest, that's like my first, honest response is sometimes I really just don't know. I lay in bed and I'm like, how, how did, what happened? What just happened today? Right. And also at the same
0: time, I'm like, well. First of all, there's a pile of laundry on my couch like i I don't always do it all. like I have a really awesome spouse. so I had this podcast because I'm like there's other people out there that are doing just what I'm doing, and it's perfectly normal for them, but like yeah. let's hear it right and and this you know season three of my podcast is is basically through the seasons of change, right like as your business grows, how does that impact your family? And as your family grows and you add additions to your family and you're taking times off, like how is that made, how has that made an impact on your business and how do you shift with those times also? So I know that's very broad. Look at you. We're getting on here. Okay. Example. So let's take it back to when you started your business in How did that first year look? And then, after having your your first baby, how did you adjust, make changes,
1: and go with the flow? Okay, so I was doing all the things. I would not say no to a client. They were texting at nine o'clock on a Tuesday night, ten a.m. on a Sunday morning. Uh, I was afraid from leaving my nice W two paying job that no one was going to pay me, that the money was going to dry up. I didn't say no. It and so, you know. I guess, uh, let's see, May. So my business was about six months old when my first child was born. He was born a month thoroughly, unexpectedly. I got one week of maternity leave because I wasn't prepared for it. We were actually, we moved, we were doing a house renovation. It was was very stressful and it was not how I envisioned having a child or starting a business, right? But that old adage that our parents tell us, like you just find a way to make it work. Like I just found a way to make it work but as time went on i knew that that's, that wasn't going to sustain that wasn't going that wasn't going to work long term so it it wasn't pretty my first 18 months of business you know we we had the money coming in my clients were all happy with the work that that we were doing only having one child i was still able to be present for him and be there but you know as i was pregnant with our second child i'm like i'm not going to be able to keep going this way. Like this is, this is not going to be sustainable. I don't want to be responding to text. Yeah. And
0: it,
1: it was, it was just me at that time. Yep. I, and I, I still only have one admin right now. It's, it's still just two of us, but it's funny because you asked like how your business impacts your family and how your family impacts your business. I 100 percent will tell you that my family, personal life, the personal season that we're in, has infinitely impacted our business my business more than the other way around, but that's how I've chosen it to be because I've chosen to put my family first.:
0: Yes. Yeah, and I can relate to that also.
1: So with that being said, first off, does your husband work? Yes, so my husband is a mechanical engineer. He works at a nuclear power plant here. Uh, we're in New Orleans. And so that's what he does. So he works 410, so he is gone uh, by about 545 most mornings. He comes in at 545 uh, p.m. Monday through Thursday. He is working two days remotely right now because we have no childcare for our youngest. Just everybody's having hiring issues. Childcare is not currently exempt from that. So we are, we, we're literally just making it work right now.
0: Making it work. And did you do we're that when you had working. your newborn? Did you? Yeah. Did you get child care right away with your newborn or did you try to just make that work also right away?
1: So we had a nanny for our first two children. And then our third is a COVID baby. So before he was oh. born, you know, we couldn't, ha- nobody was allowed to, you know, you couldn't be mingle yeah. at houses or anything. And then, you know, not still not knowing what was going on. So eventually we we had a part-time sitter come in. And, and at that point I had sort of pivoted and refined my business to where I wasn't, I wasn't working as much in my business. And so I was able to care for him and work. But as you know, every time you add on a child, it's like, oh they gosh, just need why? more of you. By the time, like, by the time I take care of everybody's needs in an hour, I just need to start over with the first kid the next hour. Yeah. And do you feel like you're focused, too? Like,
0: you almost have to get really good at some kind of routine to switch it off and then switch it on with your brain. Like, just a
1: complete mental shift. It is. And sometimes I feel like I I really never turn my brain off and they're both like motherhood and entrepreneurship. Like they're both like at war in my brain and I never get to turn either of them off. And so I do do a couple of things, right, where I pick one 90-minute session each day for business. And that's when I focus on like when I'm sitting doing a tax plan because I really like I am I can multitask with the best of them. I can read and listen and, and yell at kids right. and cook dinner and do all of that at the same time. But when I'm really working on a customized tax plan, I really need that 90 minutes of uh, pure focus time. So I try and schedule one 90-minute focus session every day and know what I'm going to be working on in that 90-minute yes. dedicated time, whether that's because the baby is napping, because my husband is home and, and can take her, whatever that looks like. And then I've really, really, really in the last, I would say probably in the last 12 to 18 months, made an extremely concerted effort that when my workday ends until the kids go to bed, I don't, I really don't look at, I try not to look at my phone. I don't answer emails. There are no tax emergencies. I'm not a physician. Like this is a life or death. And so I get 90 minutes of focus work every day and I get about, I would say two and a half to three hours of focus time with the kids probably about three hours especially not having childcare, i'm doing school pickup so that looks like you know two to three hours of focused time on them every day and then everything else in life gets squeezed in throughout the day and it can be right. just a hot pod right now
0: yep yep no i totally get that hey friends i'm just chiming in here to invite you to join in on my friends club It's like a newsletter, but way more fun. By joining, you'll get exclusive access to bonus episodes, freebies, tools, tips, and resources to empower you to scale in your business and your home life. As a bonus, you'll get the option to opt in to get monthly video updates on what I'm working on, behind the scenes in my business and my home front. This is your chance to take advantage of all the valuable content from myself and guests on the show as well as getting to know each other on a lot more personal level. It's super easy. Just click the link in the show notes or go to com slash Friends Club to join. That's com slash Friends Club. See you inside. So, okay. So your first business was kind of crazy and you got burned out mm-hmm. in the, wow. or the first stages and had your first yep. kid. Yep. And then... I think you were like, okay, I can no longer sustain this. So I need to change something. Yes. Right. That was
1: correct. What was the first pivot that you? So I say that like I found certified tax coach slash certified tax coach found me because it really was what they taught me about a business model, as well as the education that they provide me with for this, for the strategic tax planning it really allowed me to, I mean, I had imposter syndrome. I still have imposter syndrome sometimes, right? Right, Like I, I'm such a type A personality that I, that I need to be a perfectionist. I need to know everything instead of saying like, I like, even though I don't know everything, one, I'm always willing to go research it for a client. But two, I really do know a lot. Like it's taken a lot. It's taken a lot of years for me to be able to say that out loud. Like I'm really good at what I do and I really know a lot. And I invest about 60 hours in continuing education every year, which is probably triple what most professionals invest in their education every year. Go yes. ahead. Ask your question.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I just thought of something right then and there. And it kind of triggered me because I was like, okay, yes. So you probably hit a point where you're like, this isn't working. And then you decided, okay, what do I need to focus on? And then you realize I need to educate myself in, in something additional or get better at my skill. Fine tune yes. and get better at my skill. And I think that's huge also because I noticed that in business where you kind of get stagnant, right? You're either growing in leadership by hiring people and doing that. But at the same time, you're like, oh, how do I really fine tune? what I'm actually good at and it takes a step to to just re-educate yourself on the new stuff on the new trends on the new like skill and really acquire that added skill set to be able to take off
1: again I think is that same for you yeah and and it was also raising my prices because i was severely okay. undercharging for the value that i was offering and bringing to the table for my clients and being okay with saying no to people that didn't really fit it, it it wasn't that they were bad people or that i maybe couldn't figure out how to help them but i needed to say no and i actually started the the real pivot was when i started letting go of the clients who maybe i i only did five hours of work for them a month, but they only paid me $200. But it the mental load that I had to carry to make sure that I was serving that client and that they didn't need anything and that I scheduled them in my calendar and I took care of their deadline. It wasn't worth the $200, right? So I started letting go of those smaller clients. Then I let go the clients that maybe were paying me okay, but they were a lot of headache. They didn't listen well. They didn't they, they they really didn't want to be partners in the success of their business, and so that was emotionally draining for me. So then I started letting those clients go, and that was the real pivot: was narrowing down what I did, charging appropriate prices for the for for what I was doing for them, having less clients that I could really serve well. That was really the first big pivot that changed that changed my practice.
0: Yeah, yeah. And how did you How did you figure out that you were underpricing yourself? Or did you just fine tune what you actually enjoyed, started saying no, and then started researching what you enjoyed and like actually what other people started charging and then realized
1: Yeah, and and I that was also so so I went to get my licensure for certified tax coach in January of 2018 before our second child was born. And they invited new members to be part of a mastermind. And I think that that's that ah. think tank, right? Yeah. And the person who was leading that, she had me do an exercise and she wanted me. So I was driving all over to my clients and she was like, I want you to add up how many hours every week you spend in the car. And I added it up and it was 12 hours a week that I was spending Please. in the car. Well, that's yes. two days, basically, of work, right? I mean, as a mom, like, oh, if uh, I'm only working six-hour days, that's two days, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I wasn't even charging clients well, for I'm- that travel time.
0: Of course not. Of course not. Because you were providing them a service, right? But then also, did COVID help you realize that, too? When you couldn't go see people, you're like, oh, actually, I can just start Zooming, or they can come to me, or is is, yeah. So
1: I had pretty much already moved to mostly tax planning at that point, and I had let go all of like those consulting bookkeeping. I have two legacy clients that I do still do that work for because they were. Like they were like my first people who like trusted me, had faith in me right when I first started this thing. So I do still do it for them. And we do do it via Zoom. I have a remote login service, which I had. I was starting to slowly move people to that prior to COVID. And COVID really helped show those holdout clients who were a little apprehensive to, to uploading documents to our secure portal, to having a zoom meeting. It really showed people that like, Hey, we can still do this via virtual services. So pretty much everything is virtual now, but even before COVID, I would say I started that transition in 2018. And by summer of 2019, I was, I was running pretty well with, um, you know, most things virtual focusing on the tax planning and the tax preparation, letting go of those monthly accounting, bookkeeping, consulting clients, because those were the things that were pulling me away from really focusing on the tax planning aspect. Right. Okay, that makes sense. So would you say that
0: really the key to you continuing forward or being able to move forward at home and at it or in your business is because you slowly just start letting go of what is not serving you i know that sounds very simple but is it more so just letting go of what you don't want to focus on and that's how you
1: prioritize i think letting go and saying no it was in january of 2020 so right before covid um that I had a, a mentor and she was like, you have got to start saying no. Because I was just saying yes to everything because that's yep. the type of, I can do it all. That's my personality. I can do it all. And then I have a list that is four pages long. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to get all that done today. I'm gonna get, And like you get through maybe one of the four pages, right? Because it was okay. an, it was yeah. an unrealistic amount of things to get done in a day. So yeah. saying no, one letting go. And I think Having children has definitely helped my personality with letting go of things because you have no choice, but also saying no, like, To, you know, to taking on the client, or I said no to being our two-year-old's room mom because you can't even like go do things at school with the two-year-olds because they cry. So it's like my two-year-old is actually not gonna know if I'm room mom or not. So just say no, Kimberly. Like just say no. And that has really been a game changer. Yes.
0: Okay. So that's awesome that you say that because it, it is simple, sometimes not easy, but let's take a look at that with your work. What are three things you have said no to? And then at home, let's talk more a little bit about your home and able to grow your family and some of some of the things that you've said had to say no to, whether it was against like anyone else's judgments
1: or societal norms or anything like that. I'm curious to hear more on that. Okay, so let me tackle the home first because those are coming to my mind pretty quickly. So... My oldest is actually diagnosed with autism, and I got a lot of pushback even from family on pursuing that diagnosis for him. And once we got the diagnosis, which then meant we were able to put him in therapy, which meant we were able to get the resources for him and resources as his parents on how to help him, oh my goodness, that made our lives so much easier. Okay. Yes. So- That almost like no to those societal norms and no, like to my family who was like, you know, he's, he's two, he's going to grow out of it. He's being, you know, so like saying no to them and saying, no, I, I know that I need to push further on this was huge because I think that the last almost three years that we've been doing therapy for him have been instrumental in the, in having more harmony in our home because we're all just. Working better together for him, so that that was a really big one that I kind of went against everybody you in my family. Be, that's that's mom good, right yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, it it it's we're at a really we're at a really good place with with him right now. The other some of the other things for no is I've said no to room mom for the last three years now for all of I'm our kids. Mom. So, like, room mom just does like all the all the things at school, right? From decorating the doors to planning the Christmas parties, all the things. And the sheets came home, you know, in August this year, whatever. When the boys went back to school, and I told my husband, I was like, "Throw them away, throw them away." Before I write my name down and say, "But if you need me, right? Like, I can't commit. But if you need me, you know, and I'm always willing to volunteer and help. I'm always willing to help." PTA mom,
0: PTA, like. We yes, call it our PIE here. So, like, yeah, who's in charge yes. of all the volunteering? Exactly,
1: exactly. And so, you're just you're very committed committed to helping the teachers with whatever they need for the year, and being there and being present. and And it's wonderful. And both of my kids' classes have wonderful room moms. So it it all turned out. But I had to tell my husband, like, throw those papers away before I write something on them because I want to, because I I don't want to let my kids down. I don't I don't want to be perceived as not being able to do it all right. But that's like unrealistic. I just had a baby, right? Like when those came out, our daughter was two months old and the fourth child. And it's like, you know what? Yeah, the moms who like the moms who are the room moms for my kindergartners class, they have a third grader and a kindergartner. Like they're they're they're, they're, killing yeah. they're killing it right now as as room moms they're doing a, a phenomenal job I'm so glad I said no because I never could have done the job that they're doing and I would have been so stressed and trying. resentful yeah yeah and so it just wasn't I'm I'm gonna try to do it next year uh, for our first grader because I feel like after that like he's gonna start getting too old you know is so so to speak and he's asked so i'm gonna i'm setting myself up for that i'm trying to put some systems in place in my business to prepare me to be able to do that next year for him planning ahead personally like to see your face
0: right but they do you can you maybe don't have to be room mom right like you're sacrificing
1: room mom but that doesn't mean you can't go to the pumpkin patch on a field trip Yep. I make all the field trips uh, when they ask for volunteers. I'm I'm there when they have the Christmas party at school. I'm there for that when parents are invited. I am there for anything that parents are invited to, but I can't commit to all the behind the scenes stuff, yes. right? That goes into being a great mom. And was that hard the to other, say? No? The third no on the home front is, you know, people, people used to say like, because I'd be like, oh, well, I'm not going to let my kids do that. And we're all guilty of that, right? Like before we have kids, we're like, well, I'm not going to let my kids do that, or I'm not going to make my kids do that. Pretty much all the things that Kimberly said growing up that she wasn't going to let her kids do, or she was going to make her kids do, I've pretty much stuck to them. And I think that that's partly why we have, why I'm able to have four children and three businesses is because there's a lot of order, there's a lot of discipline, and there's a lot of structure. And to be honest, kids kind of, they thrive off of that, right? So I've, I've really said no to the societal norms of, oh, well, you know, just let your kids do this or just let them do that or just let them watch TV. Watching, I mean, our kids do watch TV sometimes, but watching TV in our house usually means that meltdowns are going to ensue. It's li- it's honestly easier to not turn the TV on in our house.
0: Isn't that so funny? It's like you, my husband and I went through this a little bit because I was always telling him, okay, like if I had like a ladies' night or I did something where I was like, okay, you want them to watch these shows? Okay, okay, sure enough. Like, hours later, they're not listening, they're copying attitudes, and I'm just looking at my husband, I'm like, it was the show. Like, not to make an excuse, but, like, it's their brains need to, like, revamp up to, like, back to being normal humans. It's, like, a weird thing. I don't think all TV's bad, right? You can definitely learn on on stuff and also just strictly enjoy it, right? But it's all a balance. So I think that's funny. So you said no to... To some of that stuff, can you be specific on some of the things you said no to? Not that you're judging any parent. I'm just curious. No,
1: I'm not. I'm not judging you. You do you. This is just uh, what what we believe in and what works for our family. So, like I told my I told my six year almost six year old no for football this year at the playground. It was the first year he was eligible, and again, it started in August, and the baby was two months old, and we had already done soccer and baseball and trying to get everyone out to the playground at 5.30 while pregnant. I only had three and I was big and pregnant at the time during tax season while my husband was on a refuel, which means like the plant was shut down and he was working 12-hour days, really wound up being 15 hours by the time he commuted six days a week. I was like, I can't do that. I like, I cannot do that. I can't get everyone out there at five 30. I can't get everyone home at six 30 because our, our oldest two don't nap. So they need to be in bed by seven 30, eight o'clock. I was like, I, I can't do it. So saying no to some of the things like that, it, it, it hurts my heart, but at the same time, you know, sports are, be- he. so sports are not going to be his thing that's okay. I think our third is going to be our, our athlete, but Hunter, our oldest, he's in music class and he's in swimming. And those are two things that he, I was like, I, I can't give any more of my weekday evenings to things right now. Right. So I said, no.
0: Good. Okay. So saying no is pretty hard. So you're sacrificing that. What else? What's one other thing that you're saying no to? It's hard with so many things, but like, Yeah. What is that other people may look at you like, oh, you're sacrificing that. You're saying no to that. And that's how you're able to do it.
1: Yeah. I would say probably like really quality time spent with friends or entertainment or enjoyment. Like you're like I couldn't tell you the last time that we've been to a movie or a concert or gone to a bar or just like hung out with adult friends without kids. I I think that we've probably sacrificed a lot there with the thick season that we're in with little kids because it's honestly just so hard to find a babysitter for four kids. And my parents are super helpful, but just getting everybody ready for us to go, we're so tired. So I really think that that's probably a big thing that, that we've sort of said no to our lives as like having friends and couple friends and doing fun things and going on vacation as a couple. That's something that we've really said no to right now. We desperately need a vacation, just the two of us. And we're that's on the horizon for, for us and our marriage and our relationship. But that's we've chosen to say no to a lot of things like that the last couple of years while we're raising kids. And is that something that you and your husband both agreed to? Yes, we are in alignment on that, that we we had kids because we wanted to because we wanted to spend time with them because we want to take them on vacation. We want to play a board game like we did with them last night. Uh, That's that's a choice that that, you know, we just don't feel like they'll always be little. We feel like at some point, and, and it'll get easier too, right? Like having someone come in to watch them on a Saturday night so that we can go out and do something is going to get easier. But for now, we're we're both very much in alignment that our kids are our focus for right now. Well, and I think that's super
0: important that you guys are in alignment. And I think that that has a lot to do with whether you're successful or not is making sure that whoever your partner is and what you're doing is is aligned, yes. right? Yeah, that that's not aligned. That's where the stress comes in. That's where, you know, if one person feels they're not getting enough attention and they want to go out, you're like, well, I thought we agreed to like sacrifice that. And you're not agreeing to the sacrifices that you're making. I feel like that makes it so much harder to actually progress and move forward.
1: Right. And, and if you want to go out every Friday and Saturday night with your friends and leave your kids with sitters, like that's fine. You know, that's fine. Again, you do you. That's just not, that's not what we want to do right now.
0: Okay, good. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. Well, I could probably talk to you forever, but I want to wrap this up and I want people to be able to find you. And I think that, did you think that you would be able to grow your business and grow your family or do people ever tell you you can't have both?
1: Oh, all the time, especially because I'm a woman, right? Like, how dare I? have both it really bothers me i've had to <laughs> really right. bothers me i've had to come to terms with the fact that i can't excel at both at the same time right it's it's not humanly possible to give 200% to both my family and my business every single day every single week right There there has to be ebbs and flows and gives and takes in both. And so I will say that my business has pretty much held at the same gross revenue for the last five years. Now, over the last four, I've decreased my time and energy in the business while still serving my clients very well and keeping that gross revenue number where I want it to be. I I keep joking that like when I get all these kids in school I'll grow my business, but I never planned on having 4 children. I was I was going to have 2 and now I have 4. <laughs> so 2023, I am kind of circling back to focusing a little bit more on the business, right? I've I've really been focusing on my kids the last couple of years. They've needed me. We've I think all parents can agree that the last yeah. 2 years with COVID and quarantine and it's just disrupted their little lives so much and so they've been getting more of me the last 2 years and now that we like we were done after four kids girl or boy like like we are so we're done having children four is a but good number 4 is a really good number so you know our vivian our daughter will be in preschool come september and so it's like i can see the light and so 2023 i'm really like i'm ready i'm ready for what's next in my business so you know i had a lot of time in my business. Then I kind of focused on my family. Now I'm ready to go back and 2023 and 2024 are going to be another focus on the business because, and you can understand this, by the time I go to school for four kids events in a day, I'm like, I don't have time to work today. I'm just going to be at school all day times four.
0: Yes. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. And, it's I real. Also, and I really, really appreciate you sharing. And I think like sharing the fact that it's okay just to to slow down in your business or it's okay you know for life like for instance like I do this season in podcasts I, or I do my podcasts in seasons because it allows me to take breaks when I need them or recharge refuel take pauses where need be right and i think the business where like you said yes i've worked less hours in my business but maybe my revenue has stayed the same because you hired someone and, and whatnot. And I completely relate to that, right? Like, okay, yeah, maybe my revenues aren't crazy higher, but I just cut my time in the business in half.
1: And for right and that's now- the goal. If, if that's your goal of being a mom and, and being a present mom, that's what you need. I think exactly. And I think some people are like, okay, well, in most books
0: that you read, right? And in most things that I mean, a lot of them do come from males, I will say. Like, I I do read a lot. I'm kind of a nerd there when it comes to, like, learning how to grow a business, like entrepreneurship and all of that. But I think there's a slight piece missing. But it's like, okay, yes, you start realizing where your dollar per hour is, right? And so you chop that down and you hire other people to do the rest. But then there's this point where it's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to chop down my dollar per hour and really only work 25, 30 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Sure. And instead of taking that extra 10 hours, 15 hours a week and and doing that same task to triple your business, right? Because that's how you do it, right? You just 10x things that, you, that will bring you the, the highest return. But it's like, okay, well, what if I just don't do that? And I spend that time with my family. And that's right. how you get your revenues to stay the same, but just But your business is nearly running without you aside from like certain touch points, right? Right.
1: And that can be really hard if you love what I do because what you do and I love what I do. And so that's been really eye-opening for me the last year, last maybe six months, probably almost since right before having Vivian. It's like, Kimberly, you don't have to fill that time with more work. Just enjoy being- Just enjoy. Yes.
0: And don't feel guilty about it, right? So sometimes I have to say to myself- the business is doing fine without me. Like it's, that should be an accomplishment and that should be a celebration, but it's that weird itch of like, okay, what do I do next to like, but I
1: could or I should
0: be doing. Yes. How do I keep it growing? Like while I'm not, you know, so that'll be, like you said, like the next kind of like project, like, okay, the next phase, But I think that time to be okay with your business growing in a way that's more.
1: Sustainable. Sustainable.
0: But I also see that as like success.
1: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I see that. as We talk about financial freedom, but what about our time freedom? Your time freedom is the only reason why I work. Well, kind
0: of. Not really. I mean, but it kind of is like I want to work doing something I enjoy. But really, like if if I don't get time to do other things that I enjoy, mm-hmm. then what's the point, right? Or time to enjoy time with my children, you know? And I don't need to be with them twenty four seven. But if I if something happens and I can't drop everything to be with mm-hmm. them, then what's the home. point, you know? So I really appreciate you sharing where you're at sharing. in the sense with kind of putting a pause on things. And I'm kind of in a similar boat. I'm just now starting to put a ramp on it. Of like, okay, now, and it kind of gives you a little bit of downtime to actually think about what it's worth to keep going in a certain direction. Like every kid I have, and I don't know if this is the same with you, it's like a reassessment of like, okay, my time just got chopped even, my time just got more valuable overnight. Yep. Now that yep. my time is more valuable, now what do I need to be focused on in exactly. my life?
1: And so it people, really- I wonder if you have this too but people will tell me they'll be like, "Well, don't don't wait until 2023. Start now. Do it now." And I'm like, "No, no, no. You don't understand. I need 90 days to prepare for this because I've got four kids depending on me, right? Like like I'm I'm being practical, and realistic with where my life is right now and wanting to start something and getting ready to be able to properly start it, I need a 60 to 90 day lead time sometimes. And a
0: plan. Well, and it's a mental thing too, right? And it's it prevents, you know yourself, you know where you're going to hit burnout mm-hmm. if you don't do it. You know that it's a marathon and not a sprint. So mm-hmm. you start realizing like, okay, yeah I could sprint and hit my head against the wall or whatnot. you know, but what's the rush
1: for? I don't know. I used to right. think that there was that there was a rush for everything, I've, and I realized that there's not a rush here. like
0: sometimes there is depending on what you what your goals are right but and and sometimes we do ninety day sprints, which are great, but like you plan for those, yeah, but it's like when you're sometimes when I go through that cycle in my head of like, hey. And now this, and now that, and I got to do this. And then my husband's like, but why? What's your, what's your reason why? Sounds like my husband. He's like, can can we just take a break? break? Let me just tone that down and be like, oh, you're right. Like, why do I need to stress about this when it doesn't matter whether I get that in one year or whether I get that in 18 months? Right. Well, because most
1: of our goals are self-imposed goals, right? Yes.
0: Yes. And where the time with your children, like, like you said, like a year, like I feel like I just had my baby and she's already like nine months. It's
1: crazy, And that man. time
0: you don't get back. So if I would you have don't. been sprinting in a 90 day sprint to hurry up and get to where I'm at with my business and I just lost 90 days. Yeah, I mean, it's a big deal. It, it all goes back to your values, but I really do appreciate you sharing the fact that, you know what, the way the growth looks for you is taking a step back. And still keeping those revenues like that is a yep. solid growth plan. And I think and that it's a win,
1: right? Like, I like it's been a win for me and for our family.
0: And I think people tend to like have this trajectory that's just like constantly up. And that's just not what it looks like. And I'm starting to see stuff now where like, oh, success is not linear. And you're like, oh, now you want to like talk about the ebbs and flows because right. that's truly Three success. Success, <laughs> success is. Anyways. All right. Well,
1: we could almost like co-author a book on this, like how to like business, but like the mother, like mother way, like the, because this is a real thing because you talk, I'm an audible and podcast junkie and you're right. I love listening to business books, but most of them are written by men. And I'm like, well, that doesn't work for me. It's not practical. Or by men, like, It's written by
0: women, but maybe they don't have as many children or they had children, but they, you know, I, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of different perspectives out there. And I I think it's hard to find. That's why it's hard for me to find a mentor, right? You get with a Mm -hmm. certain mentor and then you're like, wait, they're mentoring me in this way, but they're not aligned with me on my goals for like my family. So then it's like, oh, wait, exactly. you're yeah. you've been divorced three times. You're a male and you're a millionaire, but you're you stress all the time and you or you're drinking and you're miserable. or you've never
1: run. A, you've never run a household a day in your life, right? Sure. Do you know how much yeah. it, it takes to run a household with four and five children? You you have no clue. It's it's harder Enjoy than running it. a Fortune 500 company some days. Well, and whether it's harder
0: or not, it's like You you get to choose your life so it's like if it yeah if that's where I want to spend some of my time like nobody's gonna tell me I don't get to so like it's kind of like okay building it how you how you want so uh again I just appreciate you sharing that and then also sharing some of those like sacrifices that you're actually making what you're consciously yeah. saying no to
1: and knowing that maybe I'm not gonna say no to them for forever Right. Like I like I know that my husband and I are are, we're not going to say no to, you know, couple vacations and Friday night events. Like it's not going to be forever that we're saying no to that. It's it's a season. Yeah. Well, and as long as you both are on the same
0: page with that. Great. Great. Even even more so. So anyways. All right. Like I said, I could talk forever. And I know that there'll be another time that we'll get to chat because I have so many questions and I just think that the value that you share is awesome and the perspective and all of that is, is good to hear. And I think we need to hear more of it,
1: but. Well, thank you. I love what you're doing. I love your podcast. And I I just think there needs to be more of this transparency with, you know, especially motherhood and entrepreneurship, the intersection of the two. Awesome. And there's never a better time for it, I don't think. Nope. But
0: where can people find you, and yeah. what do you have that you can share with people that you think that you're open to sharing?
1: Sure, yeah. So, like I said, I, I my day job as a CPA. Uh, you can follow me at the Terra, at Terra CPA Firm on Instagram. I'm not very active on social media there, but I have. It's kind of like a landing page, and you can find me if you are. US-based and you think that maybe you're overpaying in taxes and you'd like to have a proactive tax strategy. And then if you're looking for more like motherhood, money, business, we talk a lot about how we talk to our kids about money and business because remember our kids are little, but we are already instilling these values in them. We have our podcast. It's the Messy Wonderful Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at messy underscore wonderful and I'm just I'm really about like educating our kids, making sure that uh, we're educated about business, money, finances, and um, just, you know, being good people, raising good kids and, and doing our thing. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much again.
0: And hopefully everyone will connect with you soon because everyone needs to be financially literate, <laughs> you know, and have someone in their corner. So anyways, thanks so much for hopping on. Thank you for having me. Wasn't that episode so good? I mean, that conversation has been a game changer for me or just really reifies the fact that I am feeling not alone in this process of letting go, especially as you have more kids, of the things that just don't serve you. And I don't mean to say that dramatically, but she says it so well. It's letting go of the clients that are taking more of your time and paying you less right? That's really what it comes down to. And also letting go and sacrificing some of the time with your kids as a classroom mom, right? Like you might not be able to do that forever all the time with each individual kid, but you can pick and choose the best times that suit you to be able to be present with that child in the class, whatever works best for you and your child. And that may look different for everybody, but I just love how she dives in and gives us those clear examples and really shares with us how she's letting go in order to grow. I hope this served you well and I hope you guys go check her out. She's awesome. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks again for joining me on another episode of the Homefront Podcast, where happiness is our true profit. If you enjoyed today's chat, please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. This helps us to learn, grow, and reach more listeners. Join me again next week as we drop new stories, experiences, and game-changing tips for your home front and biz. As always, here empowering you in business and in life. Until next time.